hate I hate Thanksgiving food. Why? I hate it. Um, I like I like apple pie. I like pumpkin pie. Okay. Do those count as Thanksgiving foods? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's probably the extent of the Thanksgiving food I like. So you don't like turkey or turkey? Mash? I have very strong feelings on th- on turkey. Turkey is a watered down chicken that we have been brainwashed to think is great. Now, there are exceptions. Thanksgiving turkey, though, absolutely sucks. Like turkey sandwiches, great. Love them. Definitely recommend turkey and bacon. That's great on a sandwich. But if it's just like, hey, here's this turkey, carve it up. Here you go, bud. Slap some gravy on it. Like, mm, I used to really. I used to share similar feelings to you about turkey until okay. my, my grandpa started deep frying the turkeys. Oh, turkey. I don't know how to pluralize that, but um, Probably turkeys. He, he started deep frying them. And it, my biggest gripe with turkey was it's so dry. Yeah. And then I'm like this. You just have to like lather gravy on it or something on it to give it some kind of wetness. Mm. But the deep fryer like really makes it uh, wet. Okay. Well, I need some of your turkey, man, because I don't know if it's every turkey that I've, you know, had was not great or what. But well, I'm usually at Thanksgiving and I'm I'm, I'm there for the the ham. I ham. Ham's cool. Okay. Then how do you feel about mashed potatoes? Uh, I like them. I some it's like some mashed potatoes are just mid and then other ones are really top tier. Uh, Jenny's family has good mashed potatoes. My family, eh, pretty good, but still like, I don't know if you if you just said, hey, here is a here's sesame chicken. Mm-hmm. Here is mashed potatoes. There's no contest. I'm going to go eat sesame chicken. And why would I <laughs> eat mashed potatoes? Well, when I can have sesame yeah, chicken? but <laughs> it's like, here's here's a pepperoni pizza or here's a Thanksgiving meal. You know, like yeah. two, two different things. OK, um, my favorites at Thanksgiving meals are uh, cheese uh, or like cheesy rice and broccoli. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, green bean casserole. Mm hmm. And that's no for me, dog. <laughs> there's a lot of cheese uh, at my Thanksgivings. I also love um, sweet potato pie or casserole or whatever it is with all the sweet potatoes in the in the thing. And then you have like marshmallows on top. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, that's OK. I'm into it. Yeah. I like Thanksgiving food. So how do you feel about Christmas food? Oh, I hate Christmas. I uh, hate Christmas the most. Oh, OK, yeah, that's right. We'll cover that in a month. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is probably one of my favorite holidays. Oh, I'm because, sorry. I'll shut up then. Because <laughs> it's it's just it's literally just about food and that's it. And then like food and conversation and just like being with people and mm. that sounds like all things you hate. Um, <laughs> so this is why I like it. And I, I don't like Christmas because it's all the cool parts of Thanksgiving with all the worst parts about Christmas, which mm. is the gifts and the obligation. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, but we're not we're not talking about that though. No, no. Just for the first half. Uh, Today, what we are talking about is what we're thankful for in our our business or in just the marketing world. Now, before you guys just tune out this, we we try to we want to make this so it's actually a little bit valuable to you, but also kind of on theme with Thanksgiving. So we've pulled some topics out of our ass um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, that we are thankful for. And if you're if you're not engaging them in them or if you haven't thought of them, then um, give them a shot. And hopefully uh, next year you'll be thankful for them as well. So I'll kick it off. The first one I'm thankful for is having a partner. Oh, well, that's now Uh, I just now I feel really bad for crapping on your Thanksgiving. Well, Lauren is just great to me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, a business partner. (laughs) 
I am thankful for you because I lack a lot um, in areas where I should be picking up some slack. But it's been really helpful because I've been able to focus on my personal life, been able to grow my other career um, and engage in some of the things that I like to do, like travel and, and play paintball competitively while you can take the reins on things uh, when I'm gone. And yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, in reverse. So, like, when you're sick or when you're traveling, like when you went to Hawaii this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was able to hold on the fort. Um, but also, uh, the fact that we're totally different from each other. So, I like like earlier, I enjoy being in and around people in generally people people I choose, most people I hate, but I, uh, handle all the client calls, the, the acquisition, kind of the, just the account management work. And I, what I really hate is execution. So like, I actually hate doing things <laughs> like, especially having to learn things like I'm not familiar with just for the sake of, you know, making money. But, uh, Co- Cody just tackles that. Like you handle all the backend dev stuff. You learn how to become a developer without knowing how to become a developer. Mm-hmm. and um, do all of our books, which I'm super thankful for because I did it before you came aboard, and that was awful. <laughs> well, yeah, then the, the inverse is when I have to have wa- more than one call a day in which I'm obligated to talk to somebody that's not uh, that's client-related, current client, prospective client. For some reason, if it's just internal calls or um, like vendors isn't the word, but just business partnerships where it's, it's not... Um, a client relationship it's like a service provider or something like that it doesn't drain me but the second that you're like cody i need you on this call i'm like ah, okay here we go and i know you minimize that as much as possible for me and i really appreciate that because <laughs> it takes my battery i'm like a cell phone and i go from like 80 percent to 20 percent in half an hour <laughs> anytime there's something technical involved i'm like uh cody you're gonna be on the call <laughs> like anything ads related it's all you mm. Although I can make my way around it, like I can, I can do a decent job at, at um, talking about that stuff superficially. But then, what I'm, what I'm not 100% confident is just asking or answering specific questions that I'm not prepared for. I don't, and if you know me, I don't prepare very much for anything. I'm very like fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. Mm, it's uh, endearing though, so yeah. <laughs> people like it. Yeah, yeah, and then you're you're the opposite, right? We can't do anything unless there's a plan. Yep, I like plans. What do you think okay. for? I top my list was good minions. And by minions, I hope people now understand at this point that we call our employees minions because they want to. They want to be called it. <laughs> Every time that's a disclaimer. They, they chose. They wanted to be this. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, when they're good, they make life easy. And it's awesome. And it, yeah, it's, it feels great knowing that you can bank on them to complete certain tasks, know that they're driven and motivated to uh, learn more. And uh, yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is one thing that you can't really be thankful for until, you know, you've had bad coworkers or bad employees or. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> then you start mm-hmm. taking, you I mean, you kind of take that for granted and you're just kind of like, eh, like uh, a worker is a worker. Well, wait until that worker is not a good worker and mm-hmm. um, or, you know, whoever you work with isn't a good employee. And then you know, when you actually do land someone that's good or you do land a good partner or do land a good, you know, whatever, and the relationship is great and the work gets done, it's it's night and day. It's like, holy crap, I didn't even know we were com- capable of this. <laughs> yeah, it's a slippery slope, I think, when you, I think, uh, 
we we were worried about this for a bit for a little while um when like so we had ideas of like the kind of business that we wanted to run and how it would be different from the ones that we've been in and experienced and what that would how it would be nicer to employees and then you realize when you start getting employees like oh uh there's a reason why some bosses are hard asses. <laughs> it's because uh, their employees need them to be hard asses in order to get the work done. And then it becomes the slippery slope of how much do I micromanage? How much do I have to stay on top of them versus just trusting them themselves? And I think you eventually come to this point of like, you know, this middle ground, getting more discipline, getting more on top of things, but also then just saying, no, hey, this is, I expect this much out of you. And if you're not capable of doing that, then this isn't a good fit. And then once you start finding people who understand that and are on the same page and uh, yeah, when, when you do that, man, uh, thankful every day. <laughs> the thing is when you have really good employees, the only thing you really worry about then is like losing them. Mm, and yep. you're, you're just like, how, how can we not lose you? I will fly to Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want? What well, I, I can give, like, I can give you almost anything except for more money right now because <laughs> It's like, that's always the thing, right? It's like, well, uh, depending, especially with the startup vibe, when you're like, look, we're, there isn't more money. <laughs> like, that's so, well, yeah. How, how can we make you more happy? And, I mean, yeah, sometimes I guess um, there's that ultimate thing of if money's the ultimate deciding factor, then, but uh, I, we're, we're talking about what we're thankful for, and I don't want to think about that. So, what's the next thing you got, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna throw out remote work. I'm re- I'm really happy and thankful it's for. Great. We live in a time where we can we can work from anywhere. And 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 to that effect, I'm thankful for the idea that we're not hung up on um, like vanity. So we don't care about having the office with people in it and being able to take social media pictures every day and and post them on there. Uh, and you know, just brag to people that we you know we have an office and a location. I, I think we like, I'm, I'm thankful for our positioning on how we are a very profit oriented company rather than a um, revenue and size oriented company. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but in, in, in addition to that, again, just the ability and control that we have over our schedule and our location. I mean, I can move anywhere in the world and, and continue working uh, on our operation like, like I have. Well, if you consider the Midwest anywhere in the world, <laughs> but I know I remember taking like meetings with you guys at 5 a.m. in Alaska. Yep, because <laughs> I was taking a vacation. I took a vacation in Alaska with with Lauren, and we had our our weekly team meeting um, on. I think this was I think it was Fridays when we did this. But then, uh, um, yeah, just went out to the the uh, hotel hallway and uh, jumped on a meeting. Of course, Alaska is like four hour difference from the Midwest, so. Yeah, but it's not to be discounted. I mean, uh, we the the U.S. has lots of freedom of, of mobility between states and whatnot too. But there is you just you have still have states and you register your business in a state. So uh, if we wanted to move our business, it actually is not that hard. I mean, we have to do legal things. We have to fill out paperwork. We have to worry about the taxes that we're going to do at least at the state level. Uh, but really. Since the the legal positioning of the business is in Iowa, which is the location of my where I live, <laughs> we, well, where? What's your address? <laughs> <laughs> Iowa City. It probably wouldn't be too hard to find it if it, if at least you knew that much. <laughs> but 
so yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hard to change the address of our business and then just decide that we're going to be in a different state, as opposed to say a manufacturing company that has a factory and a building. And well, I thought about this. I was thinking about this with Disney, with Disney World specifically, about how they had that whole tax fiasco about how they wanted to change how Disney World was taxed. And <laughs> Disney is so big that it's basically like Disney versus Florida. And <laughs> Disney could probably just afford to pay everybody that they needed to to not up and move disney world uh to keep taxes how that however they choose or want them to be and uh that's very few businesses that are strong enough to say oh i'll just buy the power that i need in order to keep our business physically here yeah that it's one of those things where it's like wow i hope we get that big but it's also like i hope we don't (laughs) because that just means i I have a level of responsibility in my personal life i don't even want mm -hmm. yeah I'm, i'm I've always been a much bigger fan of, well, just genuinely, like people say it, but I genuinely believe it. It's like, if you don't like it, leave. Like, seriously, if you don't like it, just leave. There's no big deal. Just just leave then. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if for some reason Iowa doesn't like us anymore or they want to do things that aren't cool, then we can leave. And it's not hard because we just got to change some papers. Yeah. Well, and we're remote, so you could technically register your business anywhere you want, even if you don't even live in that address or have a postal code in that address. Mm, yeah, we could go put it in, what, Bermuda? Oh, uh, we mm, could, yeah. Mauritius, there's uh, a lot of them. Yeah, well, I've heard like Massachusetts, like one of the, or Delaware, one of those one of those Northeast New England states uh, was like one of the best ones to register your business in. Oh, I was thinking other countries, so we just pay zero tax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's an option. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not those guys, at least not yet. Who knows? All right. um, what are you thankful for again? I I only had one more, actually. And that was, uh, and this will get a little sappy, but mentors, just guys and, and girls, mostly guys. But they're, I can think of one woman um, who was especially helpful in my career. Uh, but in general, I think it, it's kind of weird to, to get into this, but I'll just do a short version. And it's that uh, growing up, my dad wasn't around and that sounds bad to say it like that but i i don't mean like he was an absent father he, he was in the military he was on the boat six months at a time like for my early childhood my dad just wasn't there because he was working so uh, i grew up in the church a lot and i had a lot of really good guy um parental figures there and then as i got into business further too a lot of was jesus one of them <laughs> <laughs> no these are literal physical guys um, although I guess I could offend some people if they're, uh, I don't know. I thought you were going to say, sure. I thought you were going to say, no, no, these are real guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I had a lot of guys who gave me a hand up instead of a handout. I showed that I was ambitious and motivated and wanted opportunities. And they gave me as much as I was willing to sacrifice and tackle. And so the harder I tried, the more I was given um, as far as opportunities go and, and things to learn, that sort of stuff. And I can't even begin to list them because there's so many people that have helped me out in that way. Um, but I'm thankful to all of them because I think I see it now because I'm back in school. Right. And I talk to these college kids and especially in Japanese, there's no self-confidence, none at all. Uh, and I'm just like, you guys, you're all, you're all smarter than me. So that's, that's already off the table, but if you guys just had the confidence, if you had people who built you up, believed in you and that you started to believe in yourself and that what you're capable of doing, which is nearly for the most part, for most people, 
nearly anything. I think if you really dedicate your life and your time to something that um, I was given that I was given that confidence. It took years to build up. And, and now I feel I do. I genuinely feel that if I wanted to and I was willing to sacrifice the things that I needed to, there's very few things that I can't do. Um, and it's thanks to those people who built me up like that, that I'm able to think and feel that way. Would you consider yourself a mentor to anybody else? Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not a single person. Not even like, not even that one like Japanese guy that you teach English. Oh, no, I don't know. I, I don't really know what, uh, what makes a mentor or what, because well, I, what, what, how do you define your mentor then? Okay. When I think of the guys that I considered mentors, they were guys that I could go to with questions uh, about, okay, I realize you're putting me in a trap here. (laughs) I'm really not. I'm just asking because I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you my motives here. I don't know what a mentor is. Like, like by definition, I know what a mentor is, but I don't know like who I would classify as one or if I would classify myself as one. Because in my mind, a mentor is someone that you like you said like you go to advice for advice and then they give it to you for free and they want you to succeed i think Um, okay yeah yeah i think the layer on top of that is that they inspire you in some way for me that's how i feel and and that mm -hmm. that's also why i want to go to them with questions and stuff because otherwise it's maybe just a teacher or a tutor an instructor something like that but i think there has to be some level of inspiration for a mentor that makes you want to accomplish at least in some area of your life similar to things to what they have done do you think someone has to agree to be your mentor <laughs> like like because like what if like some like really shitty person was like yeah jake's my mentor and i'm like no i'm not <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i don't know i i guess i've never really even like been explicitly i've never said it um straightforward like that to some of them too even though i would have considered them mentors um yeah i guess i can get i can kind of uh get on board with that i consider wayne kind of he was like a mentor for me back at um mud because mm-hmm. i loved how he sold and i love just how he communicated and everything and i, I emulate that a lot and mm-hmm. and how i do things now and um i almost made him cry when he left i knew it i know i know he almost did because um yeah, I was in college at the time when he was leaving and I said, Hey, in college we had to do, we had to do an exercise that was, um, think about somebody that you found really that you want to emulate in business that you really admire and, um, you know, want to shape your, how you conduct business in the future. And I told him this as he was shaking my hand to leave for his last day. And I was like, and I just want to let you know that person that I wrote down was you. Whole, whole song, <laughs> and I think he was like, "Well, thanks." But like, he, <laughs> no, but he wasn't like weird about it. He was very much like, um, "I can't say anything because I'm gonna get choky." Like that's what he was gonna. I think that's what it seemed like. I don't that's even awesome. know if he remembers that, but um, but I, I would also. I got another question um, related to mentors because this is a topic that I. It's a weird one because I usually um, hate on people who say they have a mentor. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you have to physically know the mentor? Because your definition said you have to be inspired by somebody. Mm-hmm. And what if this person can answer your questions without you having to ask them? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's better, right? I, I think. Okay. And then do you have the right to call them your mentor? This is okay. Yeah, we're getting in trouble here because <laughs> I it's such a buzzword now. The words that I think of that really make me I think of I don't know. 
when I hear mentor, I think of it in a very Iowa sense, which is just very down to earth, very personal. Um, and I know, especially with digital marketing gurus, like the combination of like mentor and mastermind and that whole mm -hmm. mess mm -hmm. of crap, I want nothing to do with. I'm not interested. Uh, and there's all different ways that they call those things. There's clubs and they're just ultimately networks that connect people and that sort of thing. But uh, no, I think of well, let's say in business, because that's what we're talking about. It was they were all people that I worked with, at least relatively closely um, in person uh, every day for a while. Right. And so because I think especially with mentorship and saying I say look up to in some way uh, there, I don't think you'll ever find somebody that you just want to emulate entirely. That's kind of weird. And if you do, you don't know them well enough, because I think once you got mm -hmm. to know them better, you'd find things that maybe weren't, you know, don't don't meet your heroes that or sort you, of thing or you don't know you well enough yeah <laughs> yeah could be either yeah uh put that in but, your mouth and chew it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think you just find the characteristics that you like about them want to emulate and maybe you can have multiple mem mentors in different facets of your life and then you can become the kind of person that you want to be by taking things that you like from different people <clears throat> yeah so for the listener i think what i was getting at was um which Cody, you, you, you touched on, which was, uh, there, there are some cringy podcasts I listen to just for the sake of them being cringe. And <laughs> <laughs> it's usually like these mastermind coaches, gurus or whatever, who really don't have any clients. If they do, they have one, but like they act like they're, um, a consultant for like multi-million dollar businesses. And they're just, just, they're just not, I can just tell by the way they talk and, and what their podcast is. But, um, <clears throat> I listen to those for, I don't know. I honestly don't know why. It's just entertainment for me. Um, <laughs> but one of them, one of them that I listen to, he talks about his mentors a lot. Uh, um, millionaires and billionaires, billionaire mentors. I'm like, mm, okay. Um, so there's not many of those. That I can't imagine I, in the world. I think there's less than a hundred in the U S let's let's look it up um how the US many more right in the u.s uh oh 720 in the u.s so even then like i'm pretty sure they're not mentoring you second is the only men like and if they're a billionaire like you probably know them or know what they're who they're affiliated with name drop them man i would mm -hmm. um second is they it, he talks about like Les Brown and Gary V and like Grant Cardone a lot. And then he like w within like a sentence or two says my mentors. So I'm kind of putting two and two together. Like he's considering Grant Cardone, Les Brown and like Gary V as his mentors. And I just wholeheartedly disagree with that. I'm just like, no, they're people that you agree with philosophically and who teach mm -hmm. you things, but they're not your mentors. Yeah, I I don't know. This is one of those things that I just, I so much don't care that I've never <laughs> really thought about it. Like really, whatever makes you happy. If that works for you, if that's what you're into, I don't know. But I, it's the same thing. It, it just feels so impersonal to listen to those sorts of things because it's so far away from, I think the people who talk about those things so much are, are very far away from actually doing business or at least the business that I want to be doing. So which is uh, arguably more impactful, I would say. I usually associate mentors with MLMs. Mm. Yeah, that's schemes. common in there too. Yeah, 
they're just like, oh, my mentor. I'm like, mm, so what scheme are you in? Yeah, but but I I mean I guess in a sense I've had mentors I've just never called them that I I don't know I I don't well I don't really talk about them either because I like to take credit for everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean I could call them something else. Just they're guys I looked up to and asked questions and were willing to help mentor me out. Fits. And I didn't have to pay them for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not having to pay them that's that's a big thing. If you're paying somebody as a coach, not, not a mentor. And I do think that uh, not not paying them is important because when everybody has limited time so if they're giving you their time for free i think that's yet a further sign that you're actually actually intimately involved um with them on on a personal level and that they can get to know you well enough to really understand your unique problems uh otherwise if you're just talking to someone you're paying them for an hour or something how much can they actually get to know you to understand the unique parts this is why I can't remember who wrote it. I'd have to dig it up. I'll see if I can find it. Maybe we can drop it in the notes. But it's this article about why advice sucks and advice is terrible. And it's because most advice is written from the perspective of the speaker, not thought about from the perspective of the person who needs to hear it. So that's already the first flaw is that whatever the person needs to hear and whatever the person that's telling them is saying, there's probably a big disconnect because they're not thinking from the right perspective. The same thing with book recommendations. People recommend books that were impactful for them, not necessarily good books for the person that they're giving them to. So that's like the whole thing of like why the digital marketing guru thing works is because nobody wants to actually find and test things out for themselves. They just want to be told what to do and then yep. just do it. Um, and then it never works out. It's got it's yeah digital marketing has the same problem as lawn care and that it's very low entry so that the bullshit level is high so stupid people can join yeah and start a exactly business. yes yep mm-hmm. and then it takes a while to see who's actually going to stick around and that's good uh i i love low entry low barrier entry businesses and that sort of stuff but yeah undoubtedly there is a lot of crap that you also have to wade through anyway you got, got more yeah i got one more i'm really thankful for our partnerships so not not necessarily our clients. I mean, obviously, everyone's going to be thankful for their clients. But I mean, the actual strategic partnerships that we've made in the industry and for our business to where we can either get referred work or, you know, they have a podcast that we can jump on and, um, you know, co-host it and, you know, have leads funnel in from that. Um, we've we've done a really good job, I think, of being a neutral party in a lot of marketing in general. Um, we, we're really good at saying, Hey, you don't need digital marketing right now. What you need is traditional marketing or like a postcard campaign or something for some of our clients. Mm-hmm. And we're really good at not soliciting. Um, but also just actually building like true relationships with, um, industry insiders and magazine publications and things like that. And I would say that's probably been one of the biggest, actually it is, that has probably, it has been the biggest growth factor for us is publication success and, and you know, our, our partnerships because we haven't spent any money on ads yet. Yeah, that's the way to go, uh, genuinely. And nobody likes to hear that, especially early on, because they're like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, you you ser- you put your heart into it. Like, seriously, you don't. There's no half-assing it. You don't get to just pay people. You have to actually take the time to get to know them, build relationships. And, uh, and I think especially because you have to find the right people then, too. And those people n- might not be the most famous or most popular. Uh, but it's better in the long run to, I think you got to build a business that you're working with people you like, otherwise go get a job. Yeah. Well, you take like steps. It's like, a, it's like rungs, right? Like, um, 
I, when I first started, I, I, um, I kind of built a partnership up with Kevin Hansen of Lawn Care Juggernaut. And now mm. he's got over half a million subscribers on YouTube. And, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He had like 10 subscribers when, when uh, we started talking. So he's kind of climbed that ladder. But then I've made other relationships. And now I feel like we're the, this mid-tier where we're, with the, um, we're a partner with the Million Dollar Landscaper. And, and his academy and you know what's you know what's next is uh i don't know the green executive podcast or turf or turf radio or something like that and it's just like mm-hmm. we just keep stepping up but also like not losing contact with partners we've made in the past you know mm-hmm. keeping keeping them um in in um good faith is that the word good <laughs> in good faith good standing I yeah don't know. good standing that's what i like better and um you know, because eventually, you know, we're we're doing um, uh, marketing for our um, landscaping partner that has the academy, and if they grow, we'll grow because yep. it's a direct referral right there. So you know, when we do, he they pay us to do their marketing, which also kind of funnel or fuels our growth at the same time. So mm-hmm. it, some of those hacks. I guess somebody who asked me, and we'll cover this in another episode, but I guess somebody who asked me in uh, one of the SEO groups that I'm in on Facebook, is blogging worth it to get clients? <laughs> and uh, I think I said no. What? Yeah. What are you saying? What are you talking about? <laughs> what a take. Hot take. <laughs> um, so it, it, I'll, I'll touch on it, but we'll cover it in another episode. Um, okay. We. Jeez, um, that's spicy. Yeah. Well, I didn't, it wasn't a flat no. It was yes. It does, but when you first start out, that's where you. It's not where you should focus your efforts on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have an episode on this, and we covered it, which uh, we did. And my blogs didn't uh, get any clients. I want to make that clear. When we first started, they they didn't. What got us clients were was engaging on forums, building relationships, and answering questions. And that was it. The blogs helped us rank later. Uh, so if you need clients fast. When you first start, blogging isn't going to help you get those right away. And, mm-hmm. you know, you should you should you have to take more of a one to one approach. And that's just the way it is. That makes sense. But that's all I had. Yep. That's Sweet. it. We're thankful for nothing else. Those are the <laughs> only things. That's well. The, yeah. Those are the only things that I think you, the listener, will care about. Yep. So. All right. Try, everybody. I will try to oh. find that article, though. Uh, oh, the um, how it. most bad advice is bad. Yeah, because it's a it's an interesting read. I'll try to look it up right now. I'll send you the link. <laughs> cool. But anyway. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to our Thanksgiving special. We'll, uh, we'll resume the regular scheduled programming afterwards. Thank you for listening. See you.